Welcome to this special JuxCast podcast series about the upcoming Reclosure 2021 conference. We are going to have a brief conversation with our speakers, asking them some questions about their life and job to get to know them a little bit better. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Joao Santiago, who describes himself as a data scientist currently working for Billy. Joao is offering a workshop for this year's conference on the subject of how to talk with data scientists. Joao, or should I say Santiago, thank you for being here today. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Really excited to be here with you and talking a bit more about the workshop and the conference and a bit more myself. Great. Well, it's fantastic you're here and thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. So we always like to open the this little chat with a little icebreaker and it's the usual question. Uh, Santiago, what is your favorite pizza topping? My favorite pizza topping has to be spicy salami. Spicy salami. Great choice. <laughs> very, 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 very easy choice. <laughs> Excellent. So moving on then to our questions for tonight. Uh, how did you get into computing? And, you know, what, what excites you about software and technology in general? Well, my, my father worked in IT. And so I always had a computer at home. You know, and so I remember the first time I had to try to log in and I couldn't do control alt delete. So I had to get instructions over the over the phone from my father. And it I just couldn't do it. And I you know I took it as a challenge to myself that this machine would do my bidding in a way. And uh, it became a bit of a relationship with computers by then. I only got into more serious coding a couple of years ago, but uh, I have a stack of brick laptops at home that says uh, Santiago had a, some history with uh, hacking and Linux and making machines do weird things and so on. So I've that's how I got into computing a bit through my my surroundings, I would say. Um, and I was always excited by the fact you can you know you can create something from nothing. That's not very normal in a in a more normal experience uh, in a human environment, right? Like if you want to make a statue, you need to you need to have some some marble or some wood or some material you can shape. But with a computer, you can just do things out of thin air or of thin electrons, I would say, right? So that is really something that makes me excited about software in general and just about technology. Yeah, it's a very creative process, isn't it? I, 100%. I agree and a little quick question there. Does your father still offer tech support? <laughs> now we switch roles a bit. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had a um, computer science hero or heroine, I suppose, that you would love to have some drinks with, this person could be living or no longer with us. Who would that person be and what may you ask them? I don't think I really have like a specific hero. I, I have a set of people that I I enjoy reading about. And I mean, it's the, the classic closure cliche that you like uh, Rich Hickey's talks, but it, it's just really good, right? Every time I watch them, I just learn something new. And the more I learn about closure, the more I, I understand computing in general, which is something I cannot say for, for a lot of people or uh, for teachings from a lot of people. But, you know, in general, I'm living in Berlin right now and the community here is so vibrant that I think I have 
the benefit of not having lots of heroes or like a, a hero I would have lunch with, but I have friends uh, with whom I can just talk about this type of thing. And lots of them, I think they would give me more, way more interesting input than, you know, Richiki because it's just a different, we had different levels, right? So that's really nice, yeah. Right, fantastic, fantastic. And, you know, you've obviously had quite a lot of experience with software. Is there any particular software that, uh, it could be current or it could be that you've used in the past that is your favorite software? You know, in general, I like things that solve one problem and they solve it so well, you don't even think about the software anymore. That's how I usually define that the software is successful for me. And I think lately, this is something that is... Um, being appearing more and more in data science is the the fact you need to deal with lots of data and you need to be reproducible in your work. Um, and there's one little piece of software called DVC, which stands for Data Version Control, uh, which to me is just mind-blowingly good. It does exactly what it says on the cover. It just builds a DAG of some data pipeline you have and then controls it with Git. So you don't need to learn a new technology. It just builds on top of existing work from other people. And Git is just a behemoth, right? It just does things well. Sometimes you struggle with it, but in general, um, it does what it should. And this just expands on top of it with a very simple command line interface, uh, one or two commands to do its job and just gets out of your way. And that sounds really interesting. It's really, really, really brilliant. What's it called again? DVC. DVC. Short for Data Version Control. I'll have to check that one out. Perfect. Great. Now, is there anything uh, that you would change about software? If you had the power, this total power to change anything, uh, doesn't have to be something related to closure, it could be anything at all. Is there anything that you would change? I feel there's not enough design considerations when people develop software. And I'm not only talking about UI and and user experience from a a visual perspective, but also from just developing interfaces and APIs that other people can use. It's just in my experience, very common that you come up with uh, or come across pieces of software you have to work with that just either are too magical. That's also a problem, I think. Or you have to wrestle with them so much to do what you need because you don't understand the interfaces and the documentation. And just having a bit of a sense of uh, human design and thinking it's another developer that's going to look at this. And it's another developer that would have to interact with my product and will have to build on top of it maybe and create modules, etc. I think this will improve a lot. Um, the whole experience. The, there are some some good examples like this. I think this DVC is a good one, um, which interfaces really well with the use case, and it's just easy to build on top of it. We have our whole machine learning pipeline built on top of DVC, and we are rather abusing some of uh, some of the facilities the software gives us. But that's just because the interface is simple and. It makes sense. It was built for data scientists, right? And 
yeah, this would be, uh, if I had power today, I would just make make it happen. I don't know why, or I, sorry, I don't know how, but I would make the UX revolution also happen in software. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there's definitely a lot of work still to be done there to make it easier for people to use. Definitely agree there. So how did you get in? Oh, sorry. How did you get involved with Closure Santiago? What was your background in there? Um, so it's, I think it's rather interesting, actually. Uh, I, I got a job in my current company and my, my manager, uh, Daniel Kirsch, he's a mathematician and had some background with Haskell and also dabbled a bit in Closure. And he said, uh, you know, functional programming is cool. Uh, I said, okay, this is interesting. And the more I started learning about it, the more I realized I was already doing some some form of functional programming without even realizing it. Um, and so I started learning Haskell and it just didn't click. So I, I looked into Clojure and I realized there's actually a meetup here in, in Berlin. Um, I just showed up one day. I already knew one person there. We just had the chat. I met a lot more people in the community and I just felt, wow, this, this is nice. Not only are the people really, really nice, and there's always this, uh, this philosophical vibe. I don't know if it's because it's a lisp, you know, but, or just functional programming in general, but I like the fact people have a lot of uh, philosophical opinions about how software should look like and work and um, how, how things should be. And, and then the language also just clicked with me. It's just so simple. It's beautiful. It's very elegant. Um, and that's how I started. Yeah. And the rest, as they say, is history. Exactly. And, and here I am now talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favorite things about Clojure in general? Yeah, like I said, um, just the, the, the simplicity of it. You can, you can just do so much um, with so little. Uh, I, when I was learning Haskell, for example, there's just so much you have to learn to start doing something useful. Um, and with Clojure, you just think, okay, what do I need to do? I need to transform this into that. You learn a bit of the docs and suddenly you're doing your work. So I'm actually very confused, um, probably because of my background, not coming from a, a pure computer science background or uh, not having a lot of exposure to oriented programming. I always felt Closure was very, very easy to learn. It's difficult to master, but very simple to understand. Uh, whereas things like classes and type systems uh, always felt like uh, an additional concern on top of the thing I want to do. So Closure gets out of the way in that sense and just lets me do what I need. And it allows you to express yourself and to create things, as you say, just easily. Exactly. Yeah. Without having to think about this sometimes a bit um, um, parallel or perpendicular concerns. Sure. Like, yeah. With the overhead that you may experience in other languages, I certainly feel the same way too. You know, it's certainly a language which has greatly enhanced my type of programming in any way. You know, I've certainly reduced the amount of boilerplate that I've had to do in the past. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Definitely there. So, moving on then, is there any particular function in the closure language itself that really you use again and again and again, that's maybe your favorite core function? 
I think all of the reduced reducing functions is nice. just all the time. <laughs> Reduce key value is, for example, something that uh, it took me a while to understand when I was starting to learn closure. But once I figured out what it was doing, then suddenly I just saw use cases everywhere. Um, uh, and then maybe something that's, I guess, a bit boring is just PMAP. I just think it's brilliant. You add the letter to map, and suddenly you're using all the threads in your in your CPU. For me, coming from a, a background of using R and some Python, it's just it's just a dream. Yeah, I've certainly used PMAP in the past, and I was amazed how easy it is just to use. Just to pass in the collection, away it goes, it does the work. Fantastic. Yeah. So moving on, then uh, Santiago, do some non-software questions. If uh, if you could do anything outside of software development anything at all, what would that be? I would build bicycles. Ah. Full-time building and riding bicycles. Are you a fan of the bicycle, are you? Yes, yes, I am. I mean, I, I still do this uh, in my free time, um, but if I could choose, I if I couldn't do more software development because I actually enjoy it, uh, I'd probably just be, be in my workshop building bikes and then riding them all the time. And would it be fair to say then that that sort of work would be what you would do if you were not writing code to unwind and for fun, or would you do something else? Oh yeah, I think you would. You'd probably find me find me in the workshop building something, or out there riding, trying to climb mountains and going down them. Right, right, very good. So it's a mix of um, quite a you know work that you do in your head at your programming, but also you're a fan of. Quite a lot of physical work as well, building things with your hands as well. Yes, it's it's a sort of it's slightly different perspective on the same creative process, right? You still need to when you build a bike, you still need to think where all the parts go, which parts do you need, how things will look like, how to adjust things, how to how to improve and and optimize all the little parts that go together into in, to making a whole, and. I feel the same sense of creative or almost artistic um, endeavor when I'm building a bike and when I'm just writing, you know, some feature pre-processing system or something like that. Yeah, all composition. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Composing a bike together. Cool. <laughs> and any book or film or music that you would recommend to our listeners? Um, well, I just, I, I watched recently the latest Dune movie. Um, oh, yes. So I would, Definitely recommend to to watch it. I think it was really good. I feel you have to read the book to understand what's going on. They didn't really do a lot of explanation, which well, I without think is giving good. too much away, we could have people not listening or haven't seen it yet. So don't give too much away there. Santiago. Oh, that's it. I think read the book first, watch the movie. You will not be disappointed. Excellent, excellent. I I would agree. I've read the book and seen the movie, and I was very impressed by the movie. I thought it was a a very good interpretation and adaptation of the book. So, yeah, thumbs up for me. And I hope that the second one comes out next year or starts to get filmed next year, I think it is. So I'm looking forward to that already. Yeah, me too. Cool. So we're heading now towards the end of our interview today, Santiago. Uh, before we do close, would you like to give us a brief introduction about your workshop without giving too much away, of course? Um, sure, of course. Um so this is something I've been doing a bit informally within my company too, uh, because 
there's always some tension between the, the the requests or the needs of data scientists and how engineers perceive systems, right? There, there are some things that are engineering concerns that are not data science concerns and vice versa. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to how you communicate. And so uh, I thought that by making people also see both sides. So if you're a data scientist joining the workshop, you'll probably get a better understanding of the engineering side of things and vice versa. Um, and that's really what it's all about. It's enabling communication, understanding what the other side thinks and what the other side needs to be successful. Because, you know, I, me as a data scientist, if I help an engineer help me, then everybody wins. And absolutely the other way around too. Cool, cool. Well, that's fantastic. I'm sure that a lot of people will be looking forward to uh, watching and participating in your workshop as well. So cool. Uh, Santiago, well, I thank you for once again for joining us today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to speak with you and, you know, obviously to ask you a few questions to get to know you better. And like I say, I, I think everyone will be looking forward to your workshop that you're doing for this Reclosure 2021 conference. And I'm sure we'll hear from you again in the future. And it was a pleasure talking with you tonight. So without anything more to say, thanks again for joining us and have a fantastic day. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing everyone in the conference. Cool. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.